together. Thanks for listening to the KC Morning Show. Everything's running smoothly. Yo, yo, yo! Yow! What is going on? My name's Hartzell. That's Kitty, and this right here, this right here, it's your KC. We're close. We're very close. It wasn't quite the note we were looking for. What up, Kitty? What's the word, girl? Hey, hey. Where have you been? Oh, where haven't I been? Oh, where? I've where been, did that little cat go? I've been in Sulani and Newcrest and Spring Oasis. Oh, these are Sims World. You have been going to- I've been to- gaming hard. Yeah, when did my girl become such a gamer? I haven't worked since last Friday. I haven't worked since last year. Oh, wow. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. How is our family doing? Oh, God. You showed me a family tree We last have a great-grandkid. We have a great-grandkid, huh? Also a step-great-grandkid, but that's because one of our daughter's husbands cheated on her before they got married. It's complicated. I haven't even out. played Kitty and Hartzell in so long. I'm playing, like, their second-to-youngest child of six <laughs> and her family of, like, six. So, so I am still kicking it, though. Yeah, no. I gave Hartzell and Kitty these youth potions so they just stay young. I don't want them to die. And I turned off auto-aging because I'm psycho. Well, I heard that that's what comes with the booster. You become Superman. So, yeah. I've been uh, taking it easy the last few days. So you've enjoyed it, right? I've enjoyed it, yeah. Today's my um, get the house in order, get your life in order day, I think, maybe. <laughs> hey, I'm planning on it. Know, don't I'm worry planning about it. on it. But goals are just intellectual aspirations, Kitty. Wow. Aspirations. Wow, that's a Wednesday wisdom. You like that one right that's there? beautiful. Because that's what we do on your hump day. Baby! On your KC morning show, we also do this. A weather. Dealio. Yeah, Kitty? Yeah. Supposed to snow tonight. God darn it. 24 degrees, in fact, on your Wednesday. You're low this evening. 7 degrees. And they were saying, like, wind chills are in the negative. Some of you enjoy this nonsense. You love the snow. You are so angry you didn't get that winter wonderland. What is wrong with you? I was enjoying the heck out of our 70-degree December. Weren't I'm not going to lie. Weren't we, though? It felt like Florida. And I just... In December. In December. We could have left Worlds of Fun open. But we didn't because we thought it was going to be cold. I was checking the Twitter. Ah. Tomorrow, 13 degrees. Friday, 31. Oh, wow. What a heat wave, 31 on Woo. Friday. But we'll get to that when we get to that. It's actually pretty messed up. Yesterday, when I did leave the house, I wore a mini skirt, a crop, mm. like cardigan sweater, and my new Doc Martens, of course. No tights, my giant fur jacket. But I was honestly like, wow, it's it's nice out today. Hold on. Let me do this real quick. That's your weather dealio on your KC. Okay, back to you. Kitty, you got a tattoo yesterday. Oh, yeah. That's the continuation of that story you're about to start. Yeah, I left the house finally yesterday. And I did tease them a little bit. I gave them a couple wink, wink, nudge, nudge hints on yesterday's show. And I just want to thank you for being a friend that's, for that. That's the one I did. Yeah. That's the one I used. Okay, good. You, you know I did. Uh, I got Betty White tattooed on my arm it looks good it looks so good i love it i love her honestly i just i love betty white but if you're asking i was more of a dorothy for the you know as a golden girl Mm -hmm. so take what you will with that speaking of take hold on for betty where's that bowl 
Got it right here. Kansas City for Betty. For Betty. We're just going to keep doing this all month long until the 17th when we just do nothing but drink vodka and eat hot dogs. We were going to that concert We thing. were going to the stream at the theater. The birthday we bash they were going to have. We were going to dress up. We still probably will. Oh, I hate it. She goes out entertaining us as always. I was on everybody's death pool for the last decade and a half. She made them wait all the way into the very, very end. God bless her. R.I.P. The great Betty White. She actually did an episode uh, of Monday Night Raw. Did a little wrestling, actually. Amazing. She did it all. She did it all. So, Kitty, 2022. Me and you and the KC Morning Hoes in 2022. You want to waste any time with resolutions? Or are you just going to say F it or what? Maybe you do. You know what? I actually had something to say about that. Oh, yeah? I've decided not to do a resolution. I'm not getting better this year. <laughs> uh, let's just get that out of the way. But I was thinking something fun that's probably, yeah, more fun. New Year's predictions. Oh, you know? okay. Yeah. Let's just start Continue throwing them out on. now. Actually, you know, my first thought was, my first thought was that Honey Badger is going to leave the Chiefs. Or at least attempt to. Hey, hey, I don't want easy, it to happen. Easy, okay. But I'm saying crazy stuff. The Queen... Can I we... think th I think the monarchy's gonna shut down this year. I think they're gonna try mm. to abolish it. There's my 2022 prediction. That's the a queen, big one. That's that's the a big queen one. croaks, and instead of letting her little bitch son Charles run the show with his bratty ass Camilla, shut it down. Shut the whole thing down. Harry said, "Shut it down." Huh? Yeah. That's a good one. Because we all saw that holiday video. Clearly, that was a robot. Clearly. <laughs> Let's compile them. Let's compile I mean, whoever's right, I really do. I think everyone should start making New Year's predictions. Because this is our first true show back of 2022. So on our last true show of 2022, we take those piles of predictions and we see what happened. Oh, my God. And if you've even <gasps> maybe want to send us some voice memo Seriously, predictions. tweet us your New we Year's predictions. We have not gotten not one voice memo. That's not true. We got two. And they're both awesome. Yeah. But they're like in 2019. <laughs> Whack. Well, damn, Kitty. Hell of a prediction. Thank you. Well, I predict you guys will tweet us predictions. I mean, I'll put it out there. I'll put it out there. Nostradamus, Nostra, Kitty. I'm trying to get better in 22, but I, it's this straight cornball cheese. Yeah. Again, decided not to get better. Kitty, you want to do some news? Yeah. Wednesday, January 5th. Let's do that news. In other news, this city needs its news. News team, assemble. Let's go, let's go! My name's Arthur, that's Kitty, and this right here, this is your news break! Take a little break with the news. It can be done. Uh, Kitty, can you get the door for me, please? What? You wanna get the door? I don't wanna get the door. Come on, get the door. He's there. Uh, hello, Kitty. No! Hey, everybody. This is uh, former President Barack Obama sitting here next to Michelle. Got Sasha, Malia, all my dogs. You know I can't feed all them people. Don't sell yourself short. Yes, you can. Keep on keeping on. Ah, thank you, Mr. Now President. don't let the door hit you on the way out. Hey, 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 hey. That's 44. Show some respect on my man's name. What an honor, huh? Privilege and a pleasure. Hate when he drops by with all them damn kids and dogs. <laughs> 
unannounced. On the show today, my buddy Blake A. Miller, he's got a movie out called The City of Dried Fountains, the story of us, Kansas City, the story of us in the last 20, 24 months. I promise you it's not as much of a bummer as you think. It's actually pretty awesome. It's something I got a chance to be a part of, a beautiful story that he's telling, and we got Blake on the show to tell you all about it. And there's ways you can get involved as well. Also on the show today, Justice Horn, he's running for Jackson County Legislator. Like we said earlier, we mentioned it yesterday on Taking Back America with Professor Harvey K. It's midterm year, and I know we want to shut it off, but we got to turn it back on. I know, I'm sorry. Kitty, you got those uh, You got those signs ready? You got them poster boards, girl? I got my glitter pens. Pull out them pussy hats, huh? What? Rate, review, subscribe. We are taking the KC Morning Show to the moon in 2022, yeah? Don't you shake your head at me. Don't you make an Elon reference at me. All right, kid, here we go. Let's do this. Let's do COVID. If we don't take the rules of infection control seriously, this curve will bend us. It's already bending your hospitals right now. You're going to hear about that more tomorrow when we talk about the impact on elective surgery and clinic visits and our ability to take care of patients. We are at a critical juncture. And today, I have a combination of fear, I may be a touch angry, Mm -hmm. and a whole lot of frustration. Murky wastewater flushed yesterday gives the clearest picture of future COVID-19 cases. It's skyrocketing. It's going through the roof. I expect to probably reach all-time highs in the next week or two statewide. Mizzou professor Mark Johnson runs Missouri's wastewater testing program. The state monitors more than 100 sites. Wastewater is the most unbiased surveillance system. It is the most comprehensive system. It, it isn't measuring just those that are getting tested. It's measuring all those that use the toilet. This graph shows Casey Fishing River has quadrupled its numbers in one week. Other sites are similar. Workers sample the water every 30 minutes for 24 hours. The results are analyzed weekly. Across the state, red up arrows indicate alarming increases. This is a very highly contagious variant and it's gonna it's gonna reach everyone. I'm not not saying everyone will get infected but everyone is going to be around someone who's been infected. It's it's inevitable. COVID cases nearly triple in Missouri, Kansas City proper. We are now at a 28% positivity rate. That's awful. State and local health departments, this is Tuesday, reported more than 92,000 new cases last December. That's a sharp rise from the 37,000 reported in November. And it is the third highest number of new cases for a single month since the start of the pandemic, trailing only November and December of 2020. Guess we'll be staying in, yeah? I really don't want to go back to work. I love my job, but I don't want to go back. You work in the mall. I work in the mall. It's tough. (laughs) Sports are just not going to stop. So I got to go back at some point. Well, you got to make that money. Me, I'm just, you know. Got to go procure the bag, Mm -hmm. as the kids on TikTok say. Pay that rent, as our rent person say. Some new studies are out, Kitty. Traffic-related fatalities in the last year. Even while we were in a global pandemic, which was supposed to see us stay home more. These numbers are pretty staggering. Missouri reports 1,004 traffic deaths in 2021. This is the first time the state's seen 1,000 deaths in a single year since 2006. Two-thirds of the people who died weren't wearing a seatbelt. 40% of the crashes involve people driving too fast, either above the speed limit or too fast for road conditions. You know, that's one of my worst fears. 
like always some like sometimes i'm driving and i legitimately think about the fact that like 16 year olds are just allowed to drive this giant piece of machinery on wheels like isn't that crazy yeah i don't want to think about that it's actually scary yeah that's a panic attack not even just 16 year olds but people in general so i think about me i'm so small cars so big now, do you worry about that when you're being driven around? I worry about it a lot, actually. I just think I just think about the idea of people being so small and then cars being these giant pieces of like destruction on wheels. You know, yeah. Existentialism with Kitty on your KC Morning Show. Restaurants, Kitty, in 2022, um, feeling a little optimistic. Maybe just because they have to. Maybe when's need to- the last time we were at a restaurant? It's been a minute, but fingers crossed. Your birthday? Hoping for the best. Yeah, I think so. That was in October. And it may be a minute. Oh my gosh. But hope is on the way. On the menu for 2022, a bright outlook for Casey restaurants. It's been a tough couple of years for us, but we... uh we're optimistic that the worst is behind us. The Greater Kansas City Restaurant Association says many restaurants closed down late 2020 and early 2021, and capacity limitations and other restrictions aren't shaking up the industry as much. Restaurants are always a risk. It's a, it's a high-risk business, unfortunately. Taking that risk, Lula Southern Cookhouse. Because of labor shortages, they're operating on limited hours and constantly whipping up and changing their menu items because of product shortages. But that's not stopping them from trying to expand and sign a permanent lease. Restaurants have been battling challenges for nearly two years, but they're not letting COVID put out their spark. People aren't going to stop eating. COVID doesn't seem like it's going away. So we're going to figure out the new ways to navigate the waters. Streetcar Kitty. They brought them rails in. They're big. The rail extending the downtown streetcar line starts arriving today in Kansas City, Missouri. It'll be stored near 27th and Main. Now, each rail stick is 80 feet long. There will be more than 450 of these, weighing nearly 700 tons. Delivery, that's expected to take two weeks, and then the welding will begin. Expect street closures along the route for four weeks. All right. I'm a fan of the streetcar. I also am a fan of not banning dogs from the streetcar. Yeah, I heard that's part of the... I heard uh, that's a big kicker right now. Part and of the let discussion. me tell you, I've always thought if I had to move to New York, or if I just did move to New York, not have to, I'd like to. You know, they have that rule that dogs can only be on the subway if they can fit in a bag. Right. And they have all those people who have like giant bags with holes in the bottom because they have like huskies or German shepherds. That'd be me on the streetcar. You tell me that I can only bring my dog if she's in a bag. Oh, I'll put her in a bag. Yeah. Might be a bag outfit. Potato sack with footholes. This feels like a Little Rascal scheme, and I love it. Yes, one ticket for the streetcar. No, we are not two dogs in a trench coat. Let's go national, Kitty. Former President Trump has canceled the news conference he was scheduled to hold tomorrow, marking the anniversary of the January 6th attack, as GOP leaders plan to avoid any commemoration of the day. Trump's fellow Republicans had voiced concern about the event. West Virginia Senator Shelley Moore saying, I just don't think it's a good idea. Let's go! One year has passed since the attack, but the FBI says it's still on the hunt for as many as 350 violent suspects. ABC News is learning new details about the scale of the attack. Police say a crowd of 10,000 surrounded the Capitol, with 2,000 illegally entering the building. That's more than twice the number first suspected. And now the House committee investigating the riot is seeking cooperation from a key Trump ally. It's asking Fox News host Sean Hannity to voluntarily respond to questions about his communications with Trump. 
Newly released text messages reveal Hannity, one week before the riot, appeared to warn Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, that White House lawyers were on the verge of resigning to protest Trump's plan to overturn the election. In the days after the riot, Hannity texted Meadows and Congressman Jim Jordan, describing a call he had just had with Trump, saying he can't mention the election again, ever. I did not have a good call with him today, and worse, I'm not sure what's left to do or say, and I don't like not knowing if it's truly understood. It's wild to me that just, you know, a year ago, just a normal January 6th, and now it will be a day that will live in infamy. Infamy! Forever. Uh, Where were you when January 6th happened? And, and no uh, one, no one's been held accountable. What were we doing? I think we still had leftover champagne from the holidays. We were doing the we show. We were doing the show and like having mimosas and vibing. And then all of a sudden it was insurrection. Bam! We should pull back that audio. Maybe I'll release that tomorrow? It came out, yeah, because we didn't post show till hella leaks. We were like, what is going well, on? Well, because we wanted to watch and see yeah. what happened because everybody had circled that day you know are they gonna certify this thing what's pence gonna do so we started later and then we turned on the tv and and there it was an attempted coup wow kitty jay sandarulo hey yo why you slap him dog hey yo why you slap him 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 hey yo so if i if i gather this correctly somebody called him usher and he didn't like that yeah i mean i get it my man says his name before every track if you don't know who he is by now i mean okay that's on you to be fair he was in vegas at an usher you know usher was performing there so you know <clears throat> oh don't you do that I just now you know i just approved your card it is in transit as we speak now i can call him and i can turn it around i'm just waiting for usher us Derulo. I just can't wait for us to now see one of the Paul brothers take on, take on Jason, Jason Derulo. Derulo. Yeah. I did see a Twitter prediction. Someone said that, oh, they said Antonio Brown was going to fight one of the Paul brothers this year. I want a triple threat. Yeah. I want Antonio I want Brown's ridiculous ass taking Jason on Derulo. Jason Derulo's silly ass taking on one of the Pauls. Hell, make it a fatal four-way. Yeah. All the Pauls. That's WrestleMania main event. Ring the Ooh, bell. That's good. You're listening to the KC Morning Show. Going straight to one place, right to Kansas City. The KC Morning Show. Kansas City is a town built off a strong-knit community, but for years it's gone unnoticed. Despite that, growing up here, I have found its spirit magnetic and a key reason why I make the movies that I do. So that's why for my debut feature, I decided to make something about the place that I love most. Hi, I'm Blake Miller, and I'm raising $10,480 for the City of Dried Fountains, a feature documentary about Kansas City, love, loss, all circling around my grandmother's loss of my grandfather in 2019. For this movie, we interview people all across the city, from healthcare specialists, musicians, media personalities, business people, students, and more connecting their individual experiences to tell a unified story of grief. And while most movies crowdfunding today are asking for money to make the film, we already completed ours. Hi, my name is Kate Napoli and I'm the producer of City of Dried Fountains. Over the last five years, Blake and I have made over 15 short films, written over 30 scripts, and produced over 100 corporate videos. We know what it takes to emotionally impact an audience. Like Blake said, the film is completed, currently at Picture Lock. So the $10,480 that we're raising is for post-production costs. 
things like sound design, marketing materials, and a music score. There's a fully detailed budget right below this video. With the current conversation about livable pay for filmmakers, it's important that we pay for these services. Just like it's important that you get something in return whenever you pledge. You'll see on the right hand side of this page a tiered incentive system designed to give you a reward whenever you contribute. We're so thankful to have made this movie and even more excited to get it out into the world. But in order to do that, we need your help. So contribute today and help us cross the finish line. My man, we got you on the show. Finally got you on the show. My friends, we got Blake A. Miller. He is a writer, an author, a director. Well, he's a filmmaker from KC. He has a film coming out, The City of Dried Fountains. In fact, you, Kansas City, could help be a part of bringing this film, The City of Dried Fountains, to life. Blake A. Miller, my brother. What's going on, man? Welcome to the show. How are you, buddy? Thanks for having me on. Pleasure to be here. So I have to say full disclosure. I am in this film, <laughs> but this is not a shameless plug for myself. The only reason why I wanted to hop on board and be a part of this project is because I was moved from the get-go. The whole premise of the story of us in the last 20 months, I went into it thinking you were going to take one angle and you end up slapping me in the face and going a whole different route. First off, just explain this project. And I think once they hear it, they'll understand why I was hooked so fast. Sure, man. Well, I mean, I think you and I are probably a little bit biased because we think you know, Kansas City is the greatest place in the world, and it objectively is. But <laughs> the one thing about growing up here that always made me really frustrated was, obviously, I'm a big film lover. I have been obsessed with movies since I was a kid. But there's never been really any movies about Kansas City. I mean, you've got bits and glimpses of it here and there throughout the years, but you never really saw our town, but more importantly, uh, our people on the screen. And looking at my career, where I was at, and really where I wanted to start when I wanted to start my first feature it just got all kind of hit me and first off the title the city of dry fountains came first and then the story of our people in our city coming out of covid and coming out of 2020 but more than that dealing with loss and love and grief and how we got through that collectively that was a really you know ripe subject area and this is all a documentary about that so it's not just about like you said, one or two people, but we took two dozen different Kansas Cityans. We got, of course, Mr. Hartzell Gray. We got Brock Wilbur from The Pitch. We got, of course, Pierce from The Greeting Committee and Pete Grigsby from KNBC9 News. And we have tons of other people, students and retirees and business people and scientists and healthcare professionals and all, all different kinds talking about what makes the city so unique and how the city got out of 2020. So we're really, really, really excited about it. And now we have a crowdfunding campaign on seedandspark.com, getting the last funds for it. So the film is complete, yeah? The film is complete. The film is complete. We are completely done. We're just raising the last money we need to really technically master it to do, you know, sound and color and music, that sort of stuff. But yeah, we're raising $10,480. We launched this on Monday, January 3rd, and within those three days at the time of recording this, it's only been three days. We are already 31% of the money raised. That's so we're doing really good. Yeah, we got a lot of supporters. People are being obviously so lovely and gracious and kind and shows you why this city is so great. Seed and Spark is where you're getting all the crowdfunding. That's where people can go and, and give y'all all the money. Also, you can see the tiers because you all want to reward people for being a part of, honestly, like the Seed campaign. And also the trailer's there. The trailer is awesome. Yeah, thanks, dude. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, the rewards. So you're not just contributing and helping a Kansas City film and an authentic Kansas City film, obviously, because without saying it's set here, produced here, made by people here. 
Uh, but when you contribute, depending on the dollar amount you may contribute, you get a reward in return. We got things like giving you a shout out on our social media and early screening access. You can get your name on the screen and the credits. And then one of my favorites is since a lot of the movies about my grandmother and kind of her life, if you contribute 25 bucks, you get one of my grandma's personal family recipes. Oh, so, okay. Pretty good offer here. Pretty exclusive. All man. right, give me a little tease. Give me a little KCMS sneak peek. What was grandma good at? What was her line of expertise in the kitchen? Dude, it's just like old white people food. It's just like chicken <laughs> noodle did. soup, <laughs> like little seasoning. I mean, look, the recipe's <laughs> great, and we're going to hit you with a really good recipe. I'm just making, I'm being self-effacing, but I hope she doesn't hear this. She'll you tell probably... grandma that I love her chicken noodle soup, and I will be over <laughs> for dinner next week. You tell her that. <laughs> I will, dude. I will. We'll have to have you over someday to the house. My brother, you were saying that you've got like a dozen folks for this project, and I don't want to step on the lead at all, but you were telling me a little bit about how you even got the initial concept, and it actually came from a really personal place. So how do you take that and then make it this huge project about an entire city? Oh, by the way, you're doing this in the middle of a global pandemic. Oh, that's a good question. I, you know, like you said, it came from a very personal place. It came from a very kind of strange times. I had the idea this time last year. So it took about a year to make. And I think, you know, how we could execute it was just keeping everything really lean and really mean and really small. I did everything myself, not because I wanted to by any means, but but like you said, we're in a global pandemic and we shot the film. It was the spring of 2021. And so it was just me interviewing, producing, I financed the thing. I shot it, lit it, directed it. Cut it just because we couldn't have a set. We couldn't have a big crew. And if I can, if I can say this, I think that's the only reason we made it and the only reason it actually got made was because of people in Kansas City. I mean, you could be in a big market like in New York and LA, Chicago, and just calling on a favor of a stranger or people kind of would be like, what, what do you really need here? You know, like, who are you again? But like, take you for instance, we never knew each other before I messaged you and hit you up about this. And you, like everybody else, most people I didn't know who I interviewed, they were just so kind and gracious to give an hour of their time, take an hour out of, out of their day. I mean, this movie was really made with a lot of love and a lot of pride in our city and the kindness of the people here. So I think that's really the only reason that it works. I'm really grateful for that. So how much was this project? And be honest with me, how much of your story did you also feel like in this moment you needed to get out? And also, without giving too much away, what, what were some of those stories? Yeah, man. It's funny. I think at least how I look at it, I don't know how many other filmmakers look at it, but I think the best thing that every filmmaker can offer is their voice. And the reason we like certain directors, take any director, is that they really know who they are and who their voice is and what they have to say. I'm still obviously young in my career and I still want to get much, much better than I am. But I think I finally kind of realized what that was for me, which was to tell Kansas City stories and to have the... <laughs> To have the conflicts and the dramas and dilemmas of people like I grew up with and people that I know here and in Missouri at large and to show that on the screen. So I think that's a community we haven't really seen at all, like I said earlier. I don't know how much of it was therapy, you know. Making the film's really weird because it's such a long term process. I mean, we from idea to picture lock, we're at a year right now, and that's pretty short for a feature. Um, but yeah, it's a constantly evolving process. I don't know. I think it's an art form all about time, whether it's runtime or production time. And it's constantly evolving and living with me. So I think whenever you make a film, or at least whenever I make a movie, to me, I'm always learning more about myself, whether I know it or not within the process. But I'm also just having a ton of fun in the process of it. I mean, meeting people and getting to work with people and getting people's talents on my movies, which again, I'm so, so grateful for. I think it's, yeah, a little bit of therapy, but a lot about learning about myself as well. 
And that's really interesting, too, that you said it's all about time. And I think in the last two years now, I think what we've come to realize is that the most important thing we've got is time. Time with each other, time on this earth, you know? And so that's a really interesting parallel. You you mentioned telling Kansas City stories, and I'm so happy you said that because I am someone who also um, loves to tell Kansas City stories. But I saw this tweet a few days ago, and I'm curious what you think about it. You know, it is a weird time to be in media, to be in filmmaking, to be just in content content creation right now in 2022 Kansas City I am afraid that we are losing talent hemorrhaging talent folks either leaving and and going somewhere else and not coming back or yeah they're leaving and they're telling our stories but they can't sustain it here they can't financially sustain telling those stories in our own backyard do you feel like in this moment we have where maybe some doors are open for the first time that maybe maybe we can change that narrative where we can keep some of this talent in town I always think it came to say where we were at in 2000s, right? Where we didn't really have much notice on us about anything. Nothing was really happening here in terms of the arts and culture scene. The Chiefs weren't good yet. Sorry, I love the whole <laughs> 2000s roster. But the Chiefs, we have Patrick Mahomes yet. You know what I mean? The Royals sucked back then. But I think through the 2010s and looking now, I mean, over the grand scheme of things, I think we have been increasing in our kind of a increasing in our presence and increasing in our storytelling. And even though we're not where we want to be, I think. If you look back from like 2001, 2002 to where we're at today, I think we definitely have been increasing the artists here and then telling their stories. I think it's going to be a long road. You know, we're not a major market. And I understand, obviously, being a filmmaker, I understand why everybody wants to go to LA, everybody wants to go to New York, because all because of the opportunity, even though it costs so much money. But I don't know, man. I mean, I look at people like Morgan Cooper. I look at people like Jill Six that just made a stylist. I look at some of these great filmmakers here, the Vetter Brothers, Wesley Elder. As far as filmmaking goes, I think we have a lot of great artists. And I think things are looking really up. And I think as the years come on, it's going to get better and better and better. And not just for filmmaking, but for other arts, too. Because we got a great bunch of people here, not just artists, but really the people of Kansas City. And if you just look out your window, I mean, we have so many stories, whether it's crossroads north casey plaza all up and down the metro so it's a really great time to be here in my opinion so the title is called the city of dried fountains and again i don't want you to give too much away because we got to get folks to go and see this but do you have hope can we fill those fountains back up what do you think <laughs> yeah man i i think those the sounds won't be dry so long hard so i think they will be filled back up i can say this i think the film by the end of it doesn't still hope and I think it's not a total downer, not a total, you know, bummer going off the year, years that we've had in this pandemic. But that's the reason why I think it's special is that even when we're faced with so much adversity and so much horror and all that stuff in the world, Kansas City's got a lot of hope. I, I think this movie really examines that fully, doesn't uh, cherry pick it on one side or the other, but really looks at the trials and tribulations that all these people that are featured have gone through. I think it has a good outlook, but I'll let uh, I'll let people decide. I'm not going to give too much away. Blake, where can we go to catch up on what you've got going on? Plug the websites, plug the handle. Where can we go to give some money? You have the tiered system, like you said earlier. Where do we go? Yeah, man. So if you guys want to pledge, contribute anything, you will go to seedandspark.com slash fun slash the city of dried found. You can also just Google that. You know, it's a long URL. So <laughs> save your thumb some time. Or you can also go on Instagram, follow us at TCODF, or you can follow me on Instagram at underscore Blake A. Miller. 
Blake A. Miller, he is a writer, an author, a director, a filmmaker. He is the director of The City of Dried Fountains. I'm so proud of you, man. This is uh, this is beautiful. I love the story of us, and I love folks who can tell that story. And um, that's you, man. That's you. Thanks, buddy. Well, hey, it wouldn't be possible without you in it. I will say your interview plays a major role in the movie. You don't uh -oh. know that yet, but uh, you will you will see when you watch it. So. Thanks so much, Archel. I really appreciate it, man. Hey, y'all. Indeed, you just heard my man. I need y'all to raise some funds for this post production because he's got to make me look pretty. You understand? I need to look pretty. <laughs>
There's six in-district reps, three at-large, that makes up a nine-member body. And at the head of that government is County Executive Frank White. And then you go to the state level and then the federal level. So county government is right there kind of in the middle and is very local, but also very big as well. See, and thank you so much for explaining that, because when you break it down to that level, I think you understand that this is real shit that affects us every day. And again, this is where that hyper local change is made. The stuff that's actually going to affect you in your everyday lives. And I think when you can explain it in those real world terms, when you can put an issue on there and say how the county can affect said issue, I think it all brings it a little bit closer to home. And I think that is one of your goals, you know, that transparency and inclusion. You want to be able to show folks and tell folks not only what you're doing, but how they can get involved. And as you're reading the room, as you're going on the campaign trail, what do you feel like the county, the city, what do you think we have the appetite for? You know, what can we actually say is something we can tangibly accomplish in this year, in the next two years? You tell me. And this is the work I plan to do on the campaign trail, but there needs to be a lot of education for the the voter here in Jackson County. I think this is work that should have been done by the previous county elected officials, but I'm fine doing this work. I really feel that the only way we can get the community to be a part of this process to make sure Jackson County is people-oriented and for the people is to make sure that they're there, that they're at the meeting. So I think first and foremost is making sure we are changing how government operates so that we're meeting people where they're at. We have our weekly meetings at 10 a.m. on a Monday, and for a lot of working-class people here in Kansas City, they can't get that time off. We need to move our meetings to being more accessible at the evening when people are off, as well as having town halls, both for your in-district and at-large candidates. So people know that they not only have an in-district and at-large legislator fighting for them, but they also have counterparts at the city. They also have state reps and state senators in their district as well. I think there needs to be more coalition building for community members so they know who's on their side. But in regards to the the year forward, my biggest priority right now as a legislator is the future of the detention center. This has been steered by a lot of people who have no experience in building a detention center and its real effects on the community and especially black and brown people. And they want to build it big from 800 beds to 1,000 and 800 beds. Uh, They're trying to build a mega jail here in our county. And if you know anything about jails, if you build it, they're going to fill it. And they're going to fill it with black and brown people for minor crimes. And it's a detention center too. So primarily, you are innocent until you're proven guilty. For a lot of people, they sit in that detention center because they are unable to make cash bond. So it is a system and a building that will continue to uphold racism, continue to hold people who are unable to pay bail, and continue to justify the putting of black and brown people in chains. So I think the biggest part is is they're rushing this for spring. And I think they know because I'm trying to get to the county. So they're going to try and rush this thing. But I think we need to put a full stop on this. They're not going to build a mega jail because this is not only going to affect Jackson County for one or two years, but it is going to have real world consequences for the next decade and 20 and 30 years of Jackson County. Right now, some of the biggest mental health services in the entire county is the jail. That, yeah. So how can we use this so that you said those consequences are actual opportunities? 
Yeah, so I think it is how we tackle things. I mean, we have to be absolutely honest with each other. We are seeing a rise in crime here in our community and a rise in crime here in Kansas City. I think what the county should be doing is embracing big problems like that. This should not be a reactionary building, but a building and facility that works to prevent crime, where that is mental health resources, getting people in job placement, giving people opportunities, also dropping resources in our community. You know, I know that there are bad people out there, but when we put people in tough situations to turn to crime, to put food on their table or turn to crime because they have no other resources in their communities or no one's coming into their community to offer jobs or resources, then you can't really blame people. It is on us to continue to invest in communities. And we have the perfect model. I mean, you look just 20 minutes outside of Kansas City at Blue Springs. I'm not saying Blue Springs or our suburbs don't have any crime, but when you fund schools, fund jobs, fund infrastructures, fund community centers, it all coalesce and, and decrease crime because people have resources and don't feel the need to turn to crime. So I think that's what we need to be doing. We need to invest in our community, not be reactive and just put everyone into a system, but actively work to prevent crime across Jackson County. Are you enjoying the process? Just as you announced pretty early in this whole run, what have you learned so far? Oh, I'm, I'm absolutely having a lot of fun with that. You know, I love doing this from being in activism or being a part of this climate plan at the city. It is just phenomenal getting to let people know how they can get involved and how their local government advocates on behalf of them. But I'll be completely honest, a lot of the old guard, a lot of the people at the county are, are not exactly the happiest with me because I didn't ask for permission. And, you know, I'm going to bring some transformative change to Jackson County. Hopefully when I'm done, a building that continues to oppress people that continues to fill up the detention center and that continues to praise people like Andrew Jackson at the front with a big old statue. I want this to be the people's house and it's going to be the people's building. And that is with making sure justice is truly equal, not that it benefits a few groups or people who have money or people who have power. This is going to be, I think there's going to be a revolution at Jackson County that makes it the true equalizer in this community. And we have to do it now. Justice Horn, he is running for Jackson County Legislator in the 1st District in District, also part of the LGBTQ Commission as well. You all have any any news or anything you guys got going on? No, we're just chilling. <laughs> <laughs> the commission is kicking it. I like that. Wait, well, hey, if you have any other news for us on that front as well, my friend, make sure you come back on the show, okay? Justice, where can folks go to uh, find out more about you? Maybe they want to contribute, plug them sites. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and we have a website at Justice Horn for Jackson County. That is J-U-S-T-I-C-E, Horn, H-O-R-N, for Jackson County. Uh, feel free to message me, invite me to anything, or if you want to get coffee, completely open and, and feel free to keep me accountable on any of the issues, too. Ask you for a coffee. Justice, did you just invite yourself to a coffee date? Is that what you just did? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you sure did. Justice, we'll chat soon, my friend. Thank you. Your style is unorthodox, but effective. The Casey Morning Show. Kitty! Kitty! How about that for a show, huh? How about that for a show back? Stacked, Kitty. A big fight field to keep our boxing analogies going from earlier. You ready for this? Oh, yeah. 
Wednesdays on your KC Morning Show, Kitty She. She breaks off some words of wisdom for you to inspire you to get through not just the rest of your day, but my friends, the rest of your lives. Kitty, you got something? All right, I got it. Oh, yeah? Hit it! Kitty, take it away. I don't know where I'm going from here, but I promise it won't be boring. Oh, David Howie. We could be heroes. Yes. New year is the glittering light to brighten the dreamlined pathway of future. Munya Khan. Oh, in relation to Genghis? I have no idea. The bad news is time flies. The good news is you're the pilot. Oh, I, I kind of like that one. Michael Altschuler. I didn't hate that one at all. Nope. No matter how hard the past, you can always begin again. Taylor Swift Buddha. <laughs> right? I mean, basically the same person. Your present circumstances don't determine where you can go. They merely determine where you start. Nido Quebin. Quebin? I like this theme, Kitty. I like this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All that glitters. You can get excited about the future. The past won't mind. Ooh. Hilary DePiano. All right, Kitty, give me one more good one. This one's from the queen herself, Beyonce. Oh, that queen. Yeah. In our perfect ways, in the ways we are beautiful, in the ways we are human, we are here. Happy New Year's. Let's make it ours. Oh, Beyonce. Oh, all right. You know, I got to ask you, though. I mean, base at the bar, but I mean, you got a, you got a kitty original in the new year? I, don't, I think I said it best earlier, you know? Brick a resolution. Make a prediction. Take a risk, baby. Words of wisdom on your KC. Show Kitty. Where can these folks find you? Oh, on the web, at home. Oh, what was that? <laughs> I'm thinking about if I want to be found. found. Regardless, at Holy Hearts. You can get me at Hartzell965. You can get the show, the KC Morning Show on Instagram. Just KC Morning Show everywhere else. Send us an email, huh? Send us your predictions for 2022. KC Morning Show at gmail.com. Let's see here. Rate, review, subscribe. See, we're still begging in the new year. Don't think that stopped. Oh, no, no, no. All right, Kitty, I guess that's it. Yeah. That's it. A good day to be a Kansas City. A yeah. good year. A good new year. A good new year. Happy new year. Happy new year. <laughs> My name's Hartzell. That's Kitty. We'll see. See ya in the morning. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the KC Morning Show.